DJ Simulationistas. So, with Dr. D, Dan Raymer, and Dr. J, Janice Palaganis, coming at you from the Center for Medical Simulation in Boston, Massachusetts. So buckle up your mannequin, and let's roll. DJ Simulationistas, Sup. You're here with Janice Pelaganis and Dan Raymer. Sup, Janice. Sup, Dan. So, Dan, you are leaving us to go back to uh, California and to go on a road trip. And so, you're going to be gone for a while. And in that while that you'll be gone is your 100th birthday. <laughs> You're not laughing. Trying to figure out where you're going with this, Janice. <laughs> I'm going to say happy birthday. Uh-huh. On behalf of all of our listeners, happy birthday. Uh-huh. <laughs> Looking at me like I'm going to punch not, you or something. It's not that special a birthday. <laughs> it is It is in October. So, so every birthday I ask you a question, and I'd like to ask you that question as it applies to simulation. Okay. And so since you're going to be 100 years old, yeah, I thought, you know, from somebody who's had uh, a century of experience. 98, actually. <laughs> <laughs> and so I'd like to know, what have you learned in the area of simulation this year? Two things, I think. One is that the I really enjoy making models. And uh, that's your bioengineering. It, it, in you. I, I know, you know, my right? engineering is coming out and I and I really love to make surgical models that our surgeons can operate on and make the courses that we do much more realistic and meaningful. Mm-hmm. So I've learned that I really like doing that and they can really be helpful and that you can actually make models that at first blush seem impossible. And uh, there's always a way to make it so that it's, you know, functional enough to engage people. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I think I've said that for a long time, but I'm not sure I totally believed it until I, you know, had some challenging situations that I that I actually thought, oh my God, how are we gonna do this? This is I can't make a model like this. Well maybe that is that would you say that's the thrill in it? Is like realizing that you you it's too difficult to do and then finding a way to actually do it. Yeah. I mean it's really that's really rewarding, you know, to to think it's impossible and then fret about it and then you have a little germ of an idea and you know on the first first time you do it it doesn't quite work out but you see another little uh you have another couple little tiny idealets suddenly it starts to come together and it actually winds up working and that's yeah that's really thrilling process. <laughs> okay. I, I, I made a, a model of a bleeding pelvis for orthopedic surgeons. 
you know, a broken pelvis can be a really serious thing and you can exsanguinate, you can bleed to death from a pelvis injury. But I, I just couldn't in my mind imagine how you could make make a model of that with you know limited tools and limited knowledge because I've never seen pelvic surgery I've never you know kind of really yeah no I've never uh you know I've seen lots of abdominal surgery and lots of kind of lots of gyn surgery but I've never seen orthopedic pelvic surgery and so I had trouble envisioning how you could make a model of that. And the funny thing is that the first time I made a model, I had an orthopedic fellow who was assigned to help me with it and give me feedback about it. And, uh, and so, you know, I had a couple of meetings with him in the, in the conceptual phase, and I thought I really had it, and I lo- looked up lots of things and had lots of pictures and, you know, kind of really studied it before I built a first model and I built it I thought wow this is actually pretty good and I showed it to him and he was such a nice guy and he just was like oh this is so cool that you did this this is beautiful like it's incredible but you, you know you got the pelvis backwards <laughs> it was all messed up <laughs> but you know he patiently explained to me what was wrong with the way I did it and because I had overcome lots of hurdles in making that prototype I I I knew how I could change what I did to make it actually work and the final product um we used with lots of different orthopedic surgeons and you know they loved the model it didn't That's I didn't get cool. any complaints about it nobody said it was backwards they all <laughs> got what it was <laughs> um you know lots of them were intimidated cuz you know only the orthopedic trauma surgeons actually deal with with uh, um you know that severe an injury and so so that was sort of fun to see them use it and uh see that it actually was possible because I, as it was being explained to me, <laughs> I thought, oh no, what did I get into? So so that's one thing I learned this year. Um, How much you love making models. Yeah. What's yeah. the second thing? The second thing is that um, I ha- have come to appreciate the kind of historical perspective, you know, because when, when you get old, people kind of, have this expectation or they sort of send you out to pasture and you can talk about history and you can uh, though I know <laughs> and and uh and I think I think I've come to you know, start to understand how the history moves along cuz I've been doing this for long enough and you know you, you start to see the changes happen and you know for example I've been complaining about the mannequins from the beginning of my time in simulation about how they're not realistic looking Mm -hmm. and they don't look like patients Uh and I noticed in some of the uh, some advertisements now and at the last IMSH meeting some mannequins that are actually 
looking more like human beings yeah. and uh some you know of them look amazing and and so somehow i was impatient about it i assumed it would never happen but now it's kind of kind of happening and that's the, that's i think part of the historical process uh-huh. and that you know long after i'm gone there will be the level of simulation that I dreamed about in the first year I was doing it will actually become a reality. Mm-hmm. It just, just the, the arc of history takes a really long time. Yeah. So what I'm taking away from the two things that you've learned this year is that you can think about your old past jobs and think about what you loved and bring it to simulation and find a love in simulation and do some great work when you combine those and marry those two together. And the other thing that I'm learning is to be patient and to have trust in the field that some things that you wish uh, technology could have in that moment that currently doesn't have or it's in the making but not out yet, to have patience with our... um, I used to call them vendors, but there's a better word. The companies. Uh, uh, our in industrial colleagues. Industrial partners. There you uh-huh. go. <laughs> That's a PC term. <laughs> our industrial partners. That they're on it. They're thinking it too. And uh, yeah. it'll come and out. I think it's more than technology, though. I think that the participation in simulation, you know, is a is also a slow and steady and building process. Mm -hmm. And so the first year or two in simulation, I imagined it becoming wildly popular and that there would be thousands of people doing simulation and then and hundreds of thousands of or if not millions of participants. And I was really frustrated and impatient that it wasn't taking on that size, but now it is. I know, I know, with like a bang, right? It's like all of a sudden, just one year, they were all out. It's like, wow, check this. So another thing that I, I love about the two that you chose is when you are doing simulation, you are going to come across limitations in, in, in technology. And I think that when you come across those limitations, to tap into your own creative abilities and know that you can make it and don't let it stifle your own creativity until it's out there and completely functional. So, you know. You, you, you know, yeah, I, I, so, so true. So, uh, you, know, you, know what I, you know what I'm thinking of doing? What? Uh-oh. I'm thinking of buying a 3D printer for... My, my home in California uh-huh. and to buy some equipment and supplies and to continue making models, models in my You can make one of the rooms garage. your lab. Yeah. Like a podcast <laughs> about your lab. Right, right. <laughs> we can video it. I'll send it to you. <laughs> awesome. I think you should do that. Yeah. And when I get tired, I'll just go in the hot tub. all right dan happy birthday thank you thank you dj simulationistas what's up it's brought to you by the center for medical simulation 
Find out more about CMS and learn about our simulation instructor training and course offerings at www.harvardmedicine.org. Thanks so much for listening, and we'll see you next time.